Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Mike Stefano. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Episode 145 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by Audible. Get a free book and directly support the stream by checking out Audible. They have thousands of books from every genre. You're definitely going to find something you like. Just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Nintendo Switchcraft is recorded three times a week at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at whatever time I can get around to it. Tune in live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, just like these awesome people did. We've got Brod, Snow Goes Ham, Vaxer is here, Aerslia, Link31254, Shubru, and TF Wagner, along with the Lurkers, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Uh, let's start with an email that I got from Kid Curdy. Uh, Kid Curdy uh, said, Hey, RJS, I just listened to your podcast where you talked about Smash Brothers and what we wanted to be added. I don't know if it's just me, but I absolutely adored Brawl's Subspace Emissary, which is basically the story mode. It was jam-packed with content and... It just completely clicked with me. Interested in seeing if there's one in Super Smash Bros. 5. Would you like to see a story mode? Um, I would like to see a story mode, if only because it gives you some single-player stuff in order to interact with the game and, and uh, you know, learn how to play a little bit slower. Um, and they, then they went on to say, did you play Brawl's story? I did, but I don't think I finished it. Uh, thanks, Kid Curdy. P.S. I told my friend about the cast. I think he'll love it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kid Curdy, for emailing me. I appreciate it. If you want to email me, you can do so by emailing runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Um, I'm curious as to, to how many of you uh, finished the story mode of Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, I start. I always kind of started story modes in fighting games, but usually I move on from that and then do um, more of the either single player or multiplayer stuff that doesn't really have a story. And you know, they call it sing uh, the uh, subspace emissary story mode. There's really not much of a story there, uh, but I did like some of the cool levels where they had side scrolling in there. Uh, so like you would be running to the side and you'd have to fight guys along the way. I really did enjoy that. And it really did kind of break up that game to give you a few more options in how you were going to play. Uh, if you're looking for other ways to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter at runjumpstomp. You can call and leave a voicemail. Uh, the phone number is 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Uh, don't forget to join our Discord over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. And, of course... Um, 
you know, come by the chat sometime and hang out with us at twitch.tv slash run jump stomp. Uh, I also got a, uh, a message on Twitter and it wasn't really directed towards me or a question about the show, but it was something that I thought was very important to share. So at Rezzed TV on Twitter uh, sent me a message and they said, we really do need a solution to hashtag save our saves Nintendo exclamation point. Um, they said hundreds upon hundreds of hours will vanish if my switch decides to stop working. Uh, so that is a hashtag that it looks like is starting to, to go around. And, you know, if you guys want to use it to, to try and get Nintendo to realize how important it is for them to put in cloud saves, or at least give us a way to back up our saves onto the SD card. So that if, that if something does happen to our Switch and we send it in Nintendo to Nintendo to be prepared, prepared, not, not prepared, repaired, then we get it back and we still have all of our saves. Because I don't know if you guys are aware or not, but one of the co-hosts of Nintendo Voice Chat, uh, Brian Altano, uh, he tweeted that he sent his Nintendo Switch in for repair and got it back and all of his saves were deleted. He, he 100%ed Super Mario Odyssey. I think he also uh, had two over 200 hours in Zelda. And I can't imagine how frustrating that must have been for his, um, for, for his system to come back and not have his save files. So make sure that uh, you guys, you know, tweet at Nintendo uh, of America and uh, use that hashtag save our saves. Uh, that's a great hashtag, by the way, Rez. Good job. Um, and see if, you know, we, we can maybe get a grassroots movement to try and uh, get Nintendo to understand how important it is. Now, they may actually already have something in, in the works. They may have something planned, and we just don't know about it, you know? Uh, so that, that could be something that comes along with, you know, the next update of uh, the Switch firmware, or it might be something that comes along with our subscription service that comes out in, in uh, September, uh, you know, having cloud saves and that kind of thing. Uh, it's not something that I've ever needed to use, but the idea that I would send in my console to get repaired and have it come back without my save data would be really frustrating to me. So let's let's see if we can convince Nintendo to do that. It seems like every episode we talk a little bit about how Bandai Namco is or is not working on Metroid Prime 4. Well, since the last time, there's been an update to the story. Um, and it's that, um, oh gosh, how does this go? Okay, it's that Bandai Namco uh, Japan Studios are working on the Metroid project with the intention it will now take the lead of its development while Singapore moves on to focus on another Switch game. So if you haven't been paying attention to this, um, what's happened or what, what we know or what we think we know up until now is that um, Nintendo has allowed Bandai Namco. Uh, there was a LinkedIn profile from somebody from Bandai Namco from Singapore that said that they were lead designer on um, Metroid Prime 4. Well, 
they didn't say Metroid Prime 4. They said a first-person action adventure game um, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch, and everybody assumed that that meant it was Metroid Prime 4. Well, now it looks like it's not going to be with whoever that is at Singapore, and it's going to be moved over to the Bandai Namco Japan offices. Um, So, like I said before, it's all rumors and scuttlebutt and we don't know what's really happening. And the only people who do are the people who are at Bandai Namco and Nintendo and they're not saying anything. What I will say is this, I completely do not expect to see any uh, Metroid Prime 4 at E3 this year. And I don't expect that it is launched this year either. Uh, Well, okay. Maybe they'll show some, some early footage but we're not going to get a playable. Yeah, that, let me rephrase what I said. There won't be any any playable uh, Metroid Prime 4 at E3 this year, uh, but they will show us a quick little video just to give the fans enough information so that we know, hey, they are still working on it. That's what I expect, but I don't expect Metroid Prime 4 to launch this year. Yes, Bruiser is correct. That's how I feel. I think it's just going to be a trailer. If you don't know who Mr. Koizumi is, he is the guy who at the Switch announcement presentation, that live thing that they did uh, over a year ago in January, uh, he is the guy that held the little ice cubes and shook them around in order for us to understand what HD Rumble is. Um, And he was also lead developer or mostly in charge of Mario Odyssey. He's also one of the guys who was in charge of the the the, the overall uh, software in general over at Nintendo. Uh, well, he was talking to someone and they asked, are we going to be seeing DLC for Super Mario Odyssey? And here's what he said. He said, there's a lot of volume in Super Mario Odyssey. I think that it means that there's a lot of gameplay. There's a lot of things to do. Uh, he went on to say that was a big focus in development. Give the player tons to do. We pushed ourselves to create as much as we could. I can't announce anything specifically today, but of course, if there was a really cool idea for us to do, then we would certainly be thinking about DLC. Um, I think that this is great. Super Mario Odyssey is fantastic. And now I only have, I don't know, like 400 moons or something. So like I still have plenty to do in the game, but there are people like uh, like Brian Altano who was we, we talked about earlier, who has all 999 moons and they have done everything that there is to do in uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Now, we do know that we're uh, getting sometime soon as free D- uh, a free update, which I th- whenever somebody says DLC, especially Nintendo, I think that they mean paid DLC, uh, not free DLC. Now, we already know that we're getting free DLC in this really cool a balloon hiding game where you talk to Luigi, he gives you three balloons, you have to go and hide them as fast as you can in 30 seconds, or maybe it was just one balloon, I think. Uh, So you got 30 seconds to hide one balloon. And then you can come back and talk to Luigi, and he will allow you to try and find as many balloons as you can in 30 seconds. 
uh, that your friends have hidden. And that's really, really cool. Now, that's free DLC that everyone is getting. Uh, and I can't remember when that was. I think maybe it was June or something like that. Maybe it was May. I can't remember. Or maybe we don't know yet. Um, but this is going to be different, I think. When they say DLC, I think that they mean paid DLC. So think about what they did with Zelda. With Zelda, they had two DLCs. Uh, that you could pick up. You got them both for the same price. You could not buy one without the other, which kind of, you know, irritated a few people. Um, but it was $20 and you got a bunch of new stuff to do. Keep in mind, Nintendo also had a bunch of free stuff added to Zelda as well. Then you look at, um, oh gosh, what was the other game that did the exact same model? I think it was Xenoblade 2. They had that exact same model. There's free stuff that comes out for everybody who has the game. And then for a certain price, you get this DLC pack and then this DLC pack later. And I think the Nintendo is a company that is doing DLC right. You definitely are getting uh, a big bang for your buck. I mean, and they've been doing this for a while now. It's not like Nintendo is a stranger to DLC. Let's take a look at what happened with uh, Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. Not 8 Deluxe on the Switch, but 8 on the Wii U. Uh, that game had DLC. It was really, really cheap DLC. I can't remember how much it was, but I think it was $12 if you bought both packs at the same time. And uh, they came out with that first set of... Uh, four more racetracks, plus I think it was two more racers. And then the second DLC came out with four more racetracks and two more racers. And in addition to that paid DLC, they also had the free DLC that came out where they gave it to everyone, the 200cc races. So this is, it seems like it's Nintendo's MO where you get some free stuff, but then we're going to offer you a good value for money uh, to get the the paid DLC. And I'm looking forward to seeing maybe another world in Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, maybe, you know, you get more outfits to collect or something like that. I think it's good and it's going to bring people back. Now, why does Nintendo do this? Well, there's a couple reasons. For those people who finish the game, they might want to trade that game in, Right. And now, you know, somebody who just picked up the Switch, they might decide to buy uh, Mario Odyssey used at GameStop. And what's that going to do? That means that Nintendo gets $0 for that game. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy used games. Um, but what I'm saying is this is a big motivator for Nintendo to make it worthwhile for me to hold on to their game because the fewer copies that get traded in to GameStop or Amazon or whatever place that you trade in games at, the fewer, fewer of those that are traded in, the more likely it is that somebody's going to have to buy the game new. And if there's a lot to do, this is a win-win for the consumer. The only person that really hurts out here is GameStop. And I'm not really a big, a big fan of GameStop. So, you know, there'll be no tears shed on my part for them. For those of you that don't know, Nintendo begins their fiscal year in April and ends their fiscal year in March. We're currently in fiscal year 2017 for Nintendo, which means that if a game comes out tomorrow, then it is fiscal year 2017 or the game came out in 2017, according to Nintendo's, you know, their ledgers. 
Um, and earlier in the show, I mentioned that I don't think that we're going to be seeing Metroid in 2018. And what I meant to say by that is I don't expect to see Metroid in fiscal year 2018. So what does that mean? That means that I don't expect us to see that Metroid game come out between April this year and March next year. I think it's probably more likely to be in fiscal year 2019. So that means between April of next year and March of the year after that. So we've got a long time to wait for um, for Metroid. Now, the reason I'm talking about Metroid again is because many times I have said on the past that I in the past that I don't expect to see either Metroid or Pokemon come out this year. And when I was talking about this year, I wasn't talking about fiscal years. I meant this year. Now, a little bit of that has changed, and that's since Nintendo did their uh, quarterly earnings report where they report to their financial investors and stuff like that. And on, I think it was like page six or something of that, they list some of the games that are coming out in the future or things that are planned, both third party and first uh, first party. And one of the games that was listed on there is Pokemon for the Nintendo Switch. And the way that they listed it is 2018 or later. And what does that mean? Well, it means fiscal year 2018 is their goal. Their their goal is to actually deliver that game this fiscal year between April 2018, which is coming up soonish, and March 2019. And for the most part in the past, we've seen most Pokemon games uh, come out during uh, holiday season. So that's where I think we're probably going to be seeing Pokemon. And I was still skeptical that it was going to come out this f- or, or next fiscal year in 2018 fiscal year uh, because when we saw at at E3 last year, uh, the CEO or president of the Pokemon company, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, he was talking about it. And he said, uh, look, we're working on it, but they didn't show us anything, right? Uh, And then there was an interview with a couple of the developers of the game where they were basically given like softball questions. uh, But they kept saying, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. Um, And if we move on to that, if you look at that, that, page of the financial report it says specifically that they're hoping for a 2018 release now again i'm still kind of skeptical about that but here's this new story that's coming out uh, and it is a job listing by the pokemon company international that says that they are hiring editors on a six-month contractual basis. Uh, these localization editors are in charge of localizing all editorial facets of video games and other related materials, such as video game strategy guide and website. This is via Nintendo Soup. And um, it here's the biggest part. It says the role is anticipated to commence between April and June 2018. Uh, And then Nintendo Soup goes on to say, for reference, translation work started for Pokemon Sun and Moon in early January. So editing work uh, taking place from April to June makes sense. So I think that there's a good chance that we will see Pokemon for the Nintendo Switch, which is going to be a massive, massive juggernaut to deal with. Like that is going to move Switches. All right, it's going to move a whole lot of switches because Pokemon is huge. People don't understand how huge Pokemon is, but it is 
really, really a big deal. Uh, so I think that we're going to see Pokemon in fiscal year 2018. Now, that does not mean that we'll see it this year in 2018. That means that we will see it sometime between April 2018 and March 2019. And I think what they're hoping for is to hit a holiday release. Uh, but that's cutting it really, really close. That six-month thing where it starts in April. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But... I'm curious how many of you are interested in Pokemon for the Switch. The last couple of Pokemon games have not really drawn me in. The, the only one that I played that I finished was Pokemon X, and I really enjoyed it. And for many years, I was like, ah, I don't want Pokemon. That's a game for kids. I never tried it. And a friend of mine, Kevin, told me, you have to try it. It's a really good RPG. And I tried Pokemon X, and he was right. I had a lot of fun with it. But there wasn't enough to hold my attention with um, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. And there wasn't enough to hold my attention with Sun and Moon. I definitely like the mechanics in Sun and Moon better. Uh, but I just felt like it was kind of too fluffy for me. And even the story in X and Y wasn't really enough to hold my attention. I, I mostly did it because I, I was just having a lot of fun. Uh, but what I'm hoping for is that the Nintendo Switch one just has a story that's a little more um, accessible to adults and a little less. I mean, I know that it's a game that, that is aimed at kids, um, but I'm just hoping that we don't get that same, oh, everything is friendship story, because that's not really something that appeals to me as, a, as an adult. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, media out there that is both appealing to kids and adults, like The Incredibles, you know, things like that. So I, if anybody can do it, I'm sure that in, uh, that the Pokemon company can. I just don't know that they'll try. So uh, that's my guess is we're going to see it in um, 2018 fiscal year. Not, not 2018 like calendar year, but fiscal. All right, Splatoon fans, we've got uh, Pearl and Marina Amiibo coming out. They come as a two-pack uh, for $24.99. Uh, so if you are big fans of theirs, I personally am not a big fan. Like most Amiibo that I have picked up have been out of nostalgia or because I really like the statue. Now, I will say this, that the statue for both Pearl and Marina, like Nintendo's done a great job with the detailing here. I think that they look great. Um, and if I were to pick one over the other, I would definitely pick Marina. I think that it's a much cooler looking figure. And I think that the... The, I, I overall, I like the character better, like just the way that she was designed. Uh, and I think I'm in the minority there. I think a lot of people very much prefer Pearl. Um, but if you are interested, you can't get them si uh, single. You can only get uh, the pair and it's $24.99 now. Right now, there's really no news on what they do in the game. I will say that I was talking to somebody on the Discord, and they said, well, we tried the the Callie and Marie, uh, which are from Splatoon 1. Those amiibo, like, unlocked music in the game. Uh, so, you know, po or not Pokemon, I almost said Pokemon. Amiibo, for me, are really more about collecting the little statuette. You know, that little small figure that looks cool that represents something a physical thing uh, a, a physical manifestation of a cool thing that you like you know because a lot of us who are gamers 
we don't have these tangible things that we can collect most of the time. Uh, so these the the amiibo kind of became that tangible thing, and a lot of people um, really like amiibo, and I personally like a lot of them because they remind me I get to collect this intangible thing that when I was a kid, if you had told me, hey, someday you're going to be able to pick up a Link statue and and have it, that's really cool. And the, the in-game use has always been a secondary thing to me. It's never been something that I've been super excited about. Um, so I might be in the minority there, but I don't think so. I think most people who like Amiibo, they like them because they look cool. And I will say that the Pearl and Marina Amiibo definitely look cool. Um, so if that's something that you're into, make sure that you go and pick it up as soon as you can. I've heard that pre-orders have started. In fact, people in Discord were posting uh, pictures of their order forms earlier. Uh, so make sure that you guys pick those up if you uh if you can find them because if past has, is precedent to uh amiibos then they're going to be tough to find i'm sure my puppet body is ready well guys that's it for me today if there's a story that i missed or a topic that you want discussed please be sure to let me know and one of the ways that i mentioned at the beginning of the show if you are looking for ways to support the show you can do so by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com support there you'll there you will find all kinds of links and ways that you can help the show, uh, both monetarily and for free. Of course, the best way to help the show is just to get somebody else to listen to it. Let your friends know about the show. Uh, put it on their their uh, phones and let them listen to it with your with yours or something like that. Uh, send them a message on on uh, on a text message that that has a link to the show and uh, get them to check it out. Because you know, if you like the show, maybe they will too. All right, I'm out of here. Thank you so much to um, Tom Winter and Noteblock for the use of the music on the show. Uh, next episode will be on Thursday. I will see you guys then. Until then, have a good one. I'll see you next time. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. Thank you.